Nachum Peregimel. In Nachum Peregimel, once again, the Navi continues to speak against Ashur and their impending downfall. In this Perek, we compared Ashur to a harlot, and we'll see in a couple of Pesukim what exactly that refers to. And we talk about the destruction of the city of Thebes as well. And finally, ending off the Perek was continued description of their destruction as the Navi Nachum is very descriptive has a lot of the imagery through which he connects to his audience. Pasuk Aleph Hoi irdamim kula kahash perek mila'ah lo yamish tarif Woe unto you, city of blood! You are all lies, full of robbery. Carcasses cannot depart from you. This perek starts off with Hoi, as you translate it as woe. Even Ezra and Radak comment that it's not necessarily woe as to Gunyanatan was Mephadesh, rather, it's just signaling a direct referral. Hoy, I'm talking to you, you, the city of Damim, the city of blood. You're full of lies, you're full of robbery. William Ishtadif referring to Impedic Bet, we saw comparing Ashur to lions, to a powerful lion who goes out and has prey, hides it in his holes. William Ishtadif, you continuously went, you didn't let any of your prey escape. You were cruel, as we know the nature of Ashur, very cruel, warlike nature. Pasuk Bet. Kol shot ve kol ra'ashofan ve sustoher u merakedah. The sound of a whip and the sound of the noise of wheels and a horse galloping and a chariot dancing. This Pasuk can either be explained as Rashi explains it, going back on the sound that used to be in Nineveh, in Ashur, they used to always be prepared for war, always to go out and beat out their enemies, and these sounds were constantly heard within the city. Nadak and Ibn Ezra, on the other hand, explain that this pasuk is referring to the enemy that's now coming to them. Used to be a city of war, now the noise from the outside is filled, used to roar like a lion, now the enemies are coming and making these loud noises, coming with all their chariots, their horses, a frightening noise. And really, translation doesn't do justice to the powerful imagery associated with those words uh, that, that Nahum is portraying to the people. Pasuk Gimel. Parash ma'aleh v'lahav chayrev v'rak hanit v'rov halal v'chovid pagir v'ein ketze l'giviyah v'kashiru b'giviyatam. A horseman rising up and the blade of a sword and the shaft of a spear and much slain and heavy corpses and there is no end to the bodies, they will stumble on their bodies. Continuing their Pirush from Pasuk Bet, respectively, Rashi would Piresh that this is referring to what the Assyrians used to do, how Ashur used to go out with this terrifying image of the flashing sword, the spear raised out for war, and they would have so much slain that they would stumble off the corpses. Vadak and Ibn Ezra, however, would explain that this is a continuation of what will happen to Ashur as the Babylonians come and attack the city. The word for blade is lahav, literally flame, and for the shaft of the spear, brak, literally thunder. The reason why these weapons have names of thunder and flame is because when they're shined, being that they're in metal and they're usually out in the fields in daylight as you're doing war, um, they can reflect for a great amount of distance and thus they appear as frightening objects of lightning and flames, obviously associated with the deadly connotation of the sword or spear. The next few pesukim talk about the mashal of 
the zonah, comparing Ashur to a harlot. Pasuk Dalit. Merov zinune zonah tovat hain ba'alat kishafin. Hamocheret goyim biznuneha umishpahot bichshafeha. From the many prostitutions of the prostitute, of good grace, a mistress of magic, who sells out nations with her prostitutions and families with her witchcraft. This pasuk starts out from, Radak explains that this means all that will happen to it. As Radak explains, the past two pasukim have been talking about the enemies coming. Thus, the enemies coming, all this will be be because of the prostitutions, and we'll explain what that means in a moment. Rashi, on the other, other hand, who understood the past few Pesukim to be referring to what Ashur used to do, understands this Pesuk as a continuation. How did Ashur used to go about its business and get these nations to have to be slain bodies across the floor? Through the process of trickery, essentially what the what the prostitution Mashal is coming to show us. It, it used to prostitute in the sense that it drew nations close to her. Ashur used to pretend it was friendly, perhaps. It was a big, big brother nation coming to the aid of a smaller nation. And once it did that and drew the nation effectively into its trap, it had complete control over it and as a more powerful nation was able to easily wipe it out. Here it's compared to a prostitute who is graceful, who has magic, something enticing. And really what they're able to do with that is just draw on everyone and they're hopeless. They have, they're not, when they're least expecting it, to destroy that nation. We use the word families here, mishpachot. So mishpachot is literally families in this context. It is probably families of nations, referring to large nations, large groups of people who, through its trickery, was able to conquer and slaughter. Pesuke. Behold, I am against you, the word of Hashem, master of legions, and I will reveal your hem against your face, and I will show the nations your nakedness and the kingdoms your embarrassment. Just like Ashur, was, its evilness was compared to the ways of Azunah, so too will its downfall is now being compared to the downfall of a zona. Revealing your hem against your face basically implies taking the bottom of a dress and turning it over, pulling it up such that the bottom of the dress is now by her face, essentially revealing the entire body of the zona, thus showing complete embarrassment, the ultimate embarrassment for that zona would be to embarrass her in the very way that she was sinning. It's interesting to note from Mishayahu Pedekath Pesuk Dalid, it seems to be that Ashur used to carry their captives naked in an attempt to embarrass them. Thus, beyond just being a Mashal, it seems to be, um, it's definitely referring to specific acts of Ashur and the way it treated its captives. Pesuk Vav, Vehishlachti alaych shikutsim menivlatich, vesamtich keroi, and I will throw upon you disgusting things and make you repulsive, and I will make you like dunk, continuing in the embarrassment of Zonah, or as the Nimshah would have it, in the embarrassment and downfall of Ashur, uh, the, the embarrassment continues and gets even greater. It's interesting to know in Hosea Perik Bet, we had a very similar comparison of B'nai Israel to a Zonah, and in it the same process of embarrassing the Zonah 
or in this case, embarrassing Ashur, in Hoshea, embarrassing Bnei Israel, is repeated. Thus, it seems to be have been perhaps a cultural thing in which Israel now would be embarrassed in various ways, and the Navi is using that as a mashal for the nations that it's talking about. Pasuk Zayn. V'haya kol ro'ayich yidod mimech, v'amar shadedanin ve'miyanudlah, ma'ayin v'akesh v'nachamim lach. And it will be that all who see you will move away from you and will say, Nineveh has been plundered. Who will nod their heads for you? From where will I seek out comforters for you? The destruction will be so great, no one would want to be associated with you anymore. The Navi here uses a play on words, Yidod and Yanud, they'll move away and nod their heads. Nodding their heads in the Tanakh appears several times as a way of mourning. As people looking upon the destruction and nodding their heads, shaking their heads, saying, Wow, how can this possibly happen? The Nadi is saying that he won't be able to find anyone who will nod their heads, who will shake their heads, who will say, Wow, how can this happen? Because everyone will be happy. No one will be comforting you. No one will be in mourning with you because everyone is happy at your downfall. The next few Pesukim begin the discussion of Thebes. Pesukhet. Are you better than Noamon, which sits by the rivers, water surrounds it, that has a rampart of the sea, and from the sea is its wall? Noamon, as mentioned, is a city of Thebes. The city of Thebes was destroyed by the Assyrians about 75 years before the before Horban Vayetrushan. It lay in the south part of Egypt on the bank of the Nile, and it was called Noamon because Amon was the name, the chief god of Thebes, one of the Egyptians' gods. And here the Navi is saying, you Ashur yourself destroyed Noamon, and it was an extraordinary powerful city. It was surrounded by water. It was almost impossible to conquer. How could you attack a city which has natural defenses surrounding it and yet you went and conquered it and now you think assure that you're any more invulnerable than Noamon which you yourself took down no you are going to go down much the same way Pasuk Tet Kush Atzma Umitzrayim Ve'en Ketze Put Vilvim Hayu Be'ezratech Powerful Kush and Mitzrayim and there's no end Put and Luvim were your helpers Four countries are mentioned here. Kush, which is usually taken to mean countries south of Mitzrayim. Uh, Mitzrayim itself. Put, which some translate as Libya. Others translate Lubim as Libya. Um, either way, these are, these are countries that were all allies with Mitzrayim, with the city of Noamon, and all of them had a hand in assisting the to help defend Noamon from the oncoming Assyrians, and yet none of it helped. Pasuk Yud. Gam hila golaha lecha b'shevi, gam olaleha yirtushu berosh kol chutzot, v'am nichpadeha yadu goral v'chol gedoleha rutuku bazikin. She also went into exile in captivity. Also her infants were smashed in the front of every open square, and over her respected ones, they placed the lottery, and all of her great ones were chained in chains. The pasuk begins, also she, 
also perhaps referring to Noamon, even Noamon, which had so much help, went into captivity. That's Radak's formulation. Ibn Ezra, on the other hand, interprets this as talking about Mitzrayim. Not only did Noamon go into exile, even Mitzrayim, the extremely powerful nation of Mitzrayim, went into exile. You, either way, the intention is clear. You assured are next. Just as they couldn't stop it, you can't stop it as well. And everyone is affected. Even the infants were cruelly smashed to the ground. The most respected ones could not save themselves. Even the mightiest warriors were chained up and helpless. Pasuk Yudalif. Gam at tishkiri tehi na'alama gam at tivakshi ma'oz You also will become drunk. You will become disappeared. You also will seek out a refuge from the enemy. Many times in Tanakh, we have a cup of punishment, a, a cup that pe- the nations metaphorically drink and drink up their punishment. You, sure will drink so much of it, you will become drunk from the punishment you will be drinking. You will become disappeared and no one will even know of you anymore. You will disappear off the face of the map. You yourself will have to go and request a refuge from the enemy that will come against you, but to no avail. All of your fortresses are like fig dates with ripe fruit. If you sh- they get shaken, they will fall onto the mouth of an eater. The Navi here continues to use symbolism to show just how quickly and easily a shore will fall. Just like ripe fruit on a fig tree falls easily, there's no problem. Right away you'll fall to the ground with a little shake, so too you'll fall to the ground right into the mouth of your enemy, Bavel. Behold, your nation is like woman within you. To your enemies, the gates of your land have been opened. A fire consumed your bolts. The Navi continues saying, You're, You have no strength left. You have nothing left. Your fighting men are like women who have no power to stop the oncoming enemies. The gates are as to your land are as if they're wide open. There will be no resistance for the incoming Babylonian hordes. Achalaesh Benichaik, your locks have been burned. The wooden bars that you used to bolt yourself in with have been completely consumed and you have nothing to protect anymore. Draw for yourself siege water. Strengthen your fortresses. Go come into the teeth and trample the mortar. Grab the brick mold. The prophet in a satirical message to the people of Ashur of Nineveh tells them you better prepare for what's coming even though it'll all be futile you might as well do the best you can go get water for the seeds make sure you have enough water in your city to last you strengthen your fortresses go into the mud go trample the mortar and grab the brick mold and try to make more bricks for your wall Pasuk Tetvav Sham tochilech esh tachitech hayrev tochilech kayalek hit kabed kayalek hit kabedikarbeh there you will be consumed by the fire. The sword will cut you off. It will eat you 
like Yellick. Clean out like Yellick. Clean it out like Garbit. The beginning of the Pasuk talks towards Nidveh and tells Nidveh, There in your cities which you're fortifying will be destroyed by fire and by sword, and it will be as if you're eaten by locusts. <laughs> it then turns towards the enemy, towards Bavel, and says, Clean out the city of Nidveh, clean it out, sweep it away as if you were locusts. Two types, two names of locusts are used here, Yelek and Arbeh. For those of you who have been with us for Yoel, we mentioned over there why they have been called different names. Uh, but suffice it to say, they're two separate species of locusts that the enemy is being compared to. Pasuk Tetzayim. Hirbet rochlaich mechokhve hashemayim yelek pashat vayaof. You had amassed merchants like stars of the sky. They spread out like locusts and flew away. Everything you had gathered for, everything you have worked so far, hard for creating an empire in an instant flies away like locusts. Pasuk Yitzayim. Minizaraich karbe betafsiraich kegov govai hachonim begiderot biyom kara shemizarecha venoda velonoda mekoma ayam. Your princes are like locusts and your nobles are like the locust of locusts who settle on the fences on a cold day. The sun rises and it moves away and its place is not known where it has been. This pasuk, again continuing the mashal of the locusts, says your princes and even the top of your people are like locusts in the sense that they will fly away. We used locusts of locusts, gov gavai, the same way we use melech, melech melachim to say the greatest of all kings, so to locusts of locusts, the greatest, the biggest species of locusts, implying that these guys are really similar to locusts, they're like the prime species of locusts. And what is the comparison in this pasuk? Locusts on a cold day choose to stay on the wall. They don't travel around, they stay stuck to the wall. As a cold-blooded animal, locusts essentially need to be warm to function. Think of it sort of as a mini temporary hibernation in which they're storing their energy because it's simply too cold for them to function. When the day warms up, they will then be able to fly away. So too, the Navi compares locusts to Ashur. Just the same way, locusts all of a sudden it could fly away once the day warms up, and you will never be able to tell where the locust was. It doesn't leave a mark. So too, Ashur won't leave a mark. Its place will not be recognized. It will be as if no one remembers where it used to be. Pasuk Yedchet Namu ro'echa melech Ashur ishkenu adirecha Nafoshu amecha al heharim ve'en mekabetz your shepherds have dozed off, King of Ashur. Your great ones are sleeping. Your nation is spread out on the mountains and there's no one to gather them. There's nothing you could do. You're at your final stages. Your nation is spread out. They're sleeping. They're not fighting. They're not waking up. They're simply accepting and being ready for their downfall. No one can gather them. No one can help you now. Pasukutet. No one is darkened for your breaking. Your wound is sickly. All who hear about you clap their hands over you. For on whom has your evil not constantly passed over? There's no, there's no darkness. No one is dark 
to hear about this. No one is sad to hear that you're about your downfall, even though it's really a horrible downfall. The greatest nation went to nothing. It's a serious downfall, a serious wound. Still, no one cares for you. Everyone who hears, in fact, will do the exact opposite. They'll clap their hands in joy. For on every single nation, you have been evil to, you have felt your cruelty. Thus, this, the book of Nahum ends with a message of Hakaratato, or in this case, recognizing the evil that one did to you, and recognizing that, so to speak, everything will come to judgment in the end, and at the end, the same way you have been evil to everyone, everyone will be cruel and unrecognizing at the day of your pain.